Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's get the headlines. Are you listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Interesting that you would... Interesting that you choose Stephen A. An Odyssey <laughs> station. Stop it. One. One. <laughs> All right. Texans uh, injury report. Let's get to that. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is practicing. He was practicing in a limited fashion uh, yesterday. We've still got several players not practicing. Today will be the last day they practice. They travel to Indy, the Texans do, tomorrow, and then they play on Saturday. Will Anderson, Robert Woods, Sheldon Rankins, no practice, all expected to play um, and then there's a handful of others that are TBD. The one guy that's not participating right now that is not expected to play is wide receiver Noah Brown. This is about as good. I said this going into the game on Sunday against the Titans, Seth. Considering where this team's at, what time of year it is, and what the injuries have been over the last yeah. month or so, this is about as good as you can expect, I think, it's this a, time of about year. About as, as good as you can expect. I think that, you know, if you look at it from the Colts' perspective, that the Gardner Minshew has his ups and downs. You know, he's he's inconsistent. It's one of the reasons he's not a consistent he's not a full time NFL starter because he's been inconsistent. But he's very capable of having really, really good games. I would say in terms of scariness of weaponry, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, uh, they're a two headed monster at wide receiver. I think you got two bona fide guys that you gotta really be concerned about. Uh, whereas the Texans really they have they have Nico Collins and then they've got a lot of nice guys. Um, Robert Woods, I think, is going to be very, very valuable as a, a guy that can read coverages and get open, and C.J. Stroud reconnected with him last week. But the guy that's really got to step up on that side of the ball is, is Dalton Schultz. You know? Yep. He's, he's got, got to be more of a – he's got uh, – not, not more of a threat. He's had some really good moments, but this time of year right now, without Tank Dell, just he's got to be the guy. He's got to be He's got to make yourself some money. He's got to be a weapon. He will. He, he, he will if he has a big game for sure. Two. Uh, Texans in the Pro Bowl. Just one. We just mentioned Laramie Tunsil practicing. He's also the only Texan selected to the Pro Bowl. Fourth time that Laramie Tunsil has been uh, selected to the uh, to the Pro Bowl in his five seasons as a Texan. He was never selected as a Miami Dolphin. He was a really good player, but kind of toiling off the grid. Laramie's toiled off the grid for a lot of his career, as it turns out. But he's he's got a reputation enough. And he's a good, he's, when he's been on the field, he's had a good season this year, too. So Laramie Tunsil named... A starter, handful of Texans named alternates, including Will Anderson Jr., Derek Stingley Jr., 
C.J. Stroud, Andrew Beck at fullback, Nico Collins, and Jonathan Grenard. So the Texans um, getting a little bit of recognition here. I'd imagine they're going to have more guys on the Pro Bowl team in 2025, 20, 20, next year. Yeah, I have at least a couple of just, even if not primetime games, a couple of 3 p.m. games, please. Yep, yep. Three. Three. All right, uh, three as we go through the eight at eight. Rockets last night, they beat the Brooklyn Nets 112 to 101. The story of this game, again, as it's been for several games, Alperin Shingun, 30 points, 11 of 17 shooting. He scored at least 30 points in three of his last six games. Um, he's reached 30 points, as you pointed out earlier, Seth, three times in the previous 173 games of his career. We're watching a, a star being born here. I, you know, I think it's almost like Shengun feels like the CJ Stroud of the Rockets. You know what I mean? Like we're watching. I mean, CJ's a rookie. Shengun's in his third year, but I almost feel like a lot of these guys are quasi rookies because they're now in the Ime Udoka era, and they've, you know, the two years we lost with Steven Silas here. Where Silas, I don't think even really liked Al P that much. He he beat bench him at times. You know, like he would go long stretches without playing him. Shangun scored at least 20 points in seven consecutive games, the longest run of his career. 28 points a game in that stretch on 60.7% shooting. Been super efficient, and you can run the offense through him at times. He's been a joy to watch so far this year, Seth. Alperin Shingun. Yeah, it's um, the, the fact that, like last night, I, it, when you look for the signs of, okay, how can they get over this hump where they've had their inconsistencies and whatnot – Shangun being kind of a, a stabilizing presence in the third quarter, especially for a younger guy to be that—that's a—that's an encouraging sign. There's the, uh, more and more signs of them working through their youth and taking on more of the the attributes of a mature team. Yep. Four. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. This is important, Texan fans. Trevor Lawrence limited at practice day to day, so he's back on the practice field. And it looks like he's going to try to give it a go this Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. I'll be honest, this like this, it's in headlines because it's news. I, the whole C.J. Beathard or Trevor Lawrence thing, I know this sounds crazy. He's the number one pick in the draft, and he's their franchise quarterback. A banged-up Trevor Lawrence, I think they're going to beat the Titans because the Titans are a bad team. Like I think C.J. Beathard can beat the Titans. But Trevor Lawrence does not scare me. For example, if I were the Cleveland Browns, I would, I'd be way more scared of C.J. Stroud than I would be Trevor Lawrence right now. In terms of an opponent in the wild card round of a game here, oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Ter- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I don't know though. I guess I do feel like you're being a little bit harder on Trevor Lawrence in terms of I. I feel like because he's not what he was promised to be that that now or is it the fact that he's banged it's up? It's a combination of those. It's two a combination. Things. It's okay, a combination okay. of those two okay. things. Yeah, I mean, because he's certainly not the chosen one, right? But it's not like he's been nothing but trash all year long. No, but he's he's he is banged up right now. I mean, he's yeah, he's got yeah. a shoulder, he's got a knee. He had, you know he 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 had a concussion not that long ago. You know, like it's it's been a variety of things with Trevor Lawrence. Five. A little more quarterback news here. Um, guess who is well. First, Lamar Jackson not going to play against Pittsburgh on Saturday. I don't think that's a big surprise. And he's going to win the MVP of the league. Guess who's back in our lives, Seth? For one Sunday, at least. Oh, the Drizzy no, Cat. Is. The Drizzy Cat. Yeah. 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 Jeff, Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll's back in our lives. He's going to be starting for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I haven't bet on Wait, this Wait, as a yet. tight end or as a quarterback? A quarterback, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. I wasn't sure because, you know, the Texans, yeah. Texans never quite knew whether he was a quarterback or a tight end. He was a quarterback, then they moved him to tight end. Dude. And then they moved him back to quarterback. 
Jeff Driscoll's living right, man. Like he's still getting. I like Jeff Driscoll. It's not his fault too. that he is who he is. Like he seems like a really solid dude and yeah. everything. But more than anything, much like many other religious leaders, Sean, um, it's a, it's a. It's what people say about him that annoys me more than anything. Remember that Remember that idiotic coach that put him in the same athletic class as Lamar Jackson? I remember his name. His name was Andy Bischoff. He was the tight ends coach for the Texans, yes. I think he said, I think the way he framed it was more that, like, the only guy more athletic than Jeff Driscoll was Lamar Jackson. I, I forget. I just remember, like, oh, dude, this, he's... This dude's out over his skis right now. Jeff Driscoll is fast in the way that, like, okay, as long as all he has to do is run around uh, a 400-meter loop, yeah, then he's straight. fast there. But if he has to zig and zag at all, he's SOL. Because, man, they gave him the ball on some of that Driscoll cat stuff, and it worked It worked once, that one game, remember? Yeah. And then once teams knew what to look for, it was dead in the water. Yeah. Remember that Remember on the goal line against the Cowboys? Oh, I had forgotten about it until you brought it up. Oh <laughs> and now <God>. I'm mad. <laughs> that was a fun one, too. Give me a break. <laughs> that was a fun one, too, because one of the guards, who was it? One of the offensive linemen pulled and went in the exact opposite direction of where. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> oh, now I want to go back and watch that game. <laughs> Six. Um, Saquon Barkley, Seth, says he wants to be a giant for life. He wants to be a New York Giant. He's on a one-year deal right now. That was a big stalemate in the offseason. Saquon Barkley and the Giants, eventually they they reworked his deal a little bit to give him a little bit more money this year, some incentives and whatnot, um, but he's going to be a free agent. He he's This could be his last game as a Giant on Sunday, and he said this yesterday. I mentioned before I want to be a Giant for life. That was a goal of mine when I was drafted. I wanted to leave a legacy here. But that's out of my control. Barkley's 26. He's dealt with injuries during his career. At times, when he's been healthy, he's been really, really good. Um, but uh, I would imagine that the money... I don't know. I, I have no idea what the Giants' appetite is. When I see news about Saquon Barkley, would you would you sign Saquon Barkley to a, if you were the Texans, a two-year, $20 million deal? No. You don't, you don't want anything to do with paying running backs. I feel like, okay, where else can I get 4.0 yards per attempt, 39 receptions, and uh, like maybe every now and then an electric run or something? Oh, yeah, I got that in Devin Singletary. I, I, okay. That's true, but I think even you would admit this is a different ecosystem than the Tommy DeVito ecosystem. Um, as far as his number, ecosystem. The, was, are those his numbers for the season or the for the? Uh, yeah, the, he had 916 yards. He averaged four and a half yards, 4.0 yards per carry. Do you think he'd be a better um, player here than he is in New York? Like, does he? Have, is it a better environment? Is what I'm saying to to, to be more successful probably. Yeah, um, but I don't. He's a running back. I don't know. They yeah. can all go just whatever. You're you're yeah. You're you're nothing to me. He got you. <laughs> like uh, no twenty million dollars. Uh, I Why guess he, maybe twenty million. Sure, 10, okay. 10 over 20, 20 over two. You know, like fourteen guaranteed, something like that. I don't know. He's ran for he's run for over a thousand yards three times in his um, in his six years. Yeah, highest ever output was thirteen hundred twelve yards, which is nice. As a receiver, obviously, he's a threat and a weapon. Um, I just don't like look at it as a focal point of anything. Yeah, this system, if it's doing well and does the right things, then. Uh, like unless somebody's genuine, unless somebody's like a Christian McCaffrey, um, I'm not that interested in paying extra for it. Yeah. You should be able to find guys in the draft that that can that can be a fit. Eventually, I think it's funny any running back saying that I want to be anything for life. 
You know, at that position, like say, like uh, I want to be a giant for life. Like I don't know, honestly. You know what put me off to that was when he said it's out of my control. Like, uh, come on, dude. All right, no, uh, yeah. If you go to the Giants and say, hey, I want to play for the minimum next year, I'm sure they'll, (laughs) I'm sure they'll kick you out. They'll be like, nope. Under not at any price. That's so true. You're not ours. Yeah. So it's just a, it's such a like a coy way of putting it. Like, well, it's, it's out of my control. Yeah. Like, you know, if you find the right price and you're both amenable to it, yep. you've got to. Yeah, you're the victim. I got it. I got it. All running backs are the victims. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you think they hold an off-season meeting again in a secluded place like Austin Eckler called this year so they can? That was the dumbest story of the year. Like when the running backs weren't getting paid. So Austin Eckler, it wasn't a meeting somewhere. It was like a big Zoom call. But the, remember the running backs had this big Zoom call together before the season where they invited all the running backs that should, thought, should yeah, be like getting I'm, paid? I thought maybe they're going to form like a little mini union or yeah, something, like, like a pact or a, like a guild dude, of special running backs. I would and, love a recording of that call. Like what was that? Like 15 guys just sitting bitching about not getting paid enough? Like what Whatever was it? it was, I know that like three of them signed like relatively humdrum contracts within two weeks. Right after, so I don't think they, yeah. they, whatever their Including action Barkley. plan was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He signed for like a, a free bagels with every five bagels purchased or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Seven. <laughs> All right. Um, AJ Brown addressed the um, the root of his recent frustrations Wednesday and pushed back at speculation that he has an issue with Coach Nick Sirianni. Brown said this: People say I'm beefing with Nick. I'm not mad at Nick. I'm not mad at nobody. We have a great relationship. We're riding with Nick. We're riding with Brian. Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator. We just have to come out and play ball. I saw another quote on the TV screen in here, Seth, about A.J. Brown, where he's like, what? why is everybody looking at me about my frustration? Like, why is why am I? The, like, he was kind of Southern belling it, at least that that's what the quote looked like on the TV yeah. screen. Like, dude, it's because you're the most vocal about it, and you're one of the highest paid guys on the team. And you, you like you are bitching a lot, like openly on the sidelines about this stuff. He's seen shaking his head as the offense faltered late against <laughs> yeah. Arizona, and he told reporters he had nothing to say after the game before walking out of the locker room. <laughs> I guess the the question though is, okay, I mean, he's frustrated with losing, yeah. like that's an obvious, but but where do you where do you then extend that out to like, oh, he must hate Sirianni? Yeah, like, it's where your mind might go, and it might sound and, and look logical. But without him actually saying anything about Sirianni himself, he might hate Howie Roseman. He might hate. He might not. Maybe he doesn't like Jalen Hurts. You know, there's multiple people you can be. Mad. Trust me. Trust me, everybody. You can be mad at more than one person in this life. <laughs> yes, you, you can. should see my book of people I'm mad at. <laughs> you can definitely be mad at more than one person. Let me ask you this about the Eagles. Last year, when the Eagles made the Super Bowl. People were pointing back to Nick Sirianni's opening press conference back in the day and saying, look, see how misleading that look at how much people were making fun of him for how stupid he was. Do you, you know, do you have a are you ready to apologize to Nick Sirianni saying he was stupid? Because, look, he just made the Super Bowl. He came with him one bad penalty call of winning a Super Bowl. Does yeah. this season now that Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon are no longer there? Does this season uh, reset maybe what we think of stuff like this. The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. Turn- Less thinking equals talent takeover. Yeah, yeah. Like, does it, does it turn out maybe Nick Sirianni was just really good at hiring a couple good coordinators and maybe he actually is kind of dumb? Nick Sirianni? There's, it's possible. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, I, I've always just, or at least lately, I've tried to fall into the category of not judging 
the opening press conferences. Oh, and, oh, you should get back. No, into no, no. The I'll pool. judge the press conference, but not as like a, not as an indicator of how successful the guy's going to be. Yeah. Except for Jim Tom Sula, that was an all timer. You could tell immediately that wasn't going to work out. But the I, I think because the other one too is the intro to stand up comedy specials. There's almost zero correlation between whether uh, a good intro or a bad intro is an indicator of whether that comedy special is going to be any good. I feel like so many of these comedians, they spend like all year getting their 60 minutes of material ready. And then at the very last moment, they're like, oh, we got to have an intro. Uh, all right, let's do something where I'm like talking to a dog or something. <laughs> and they're just awful. Yeah. I watch it. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to suck. And then they end up killing they're vice versa. There's like a really, really funny one, and the the act ends up being but no this, good. But Sirianni might be going back to sucking again. Like he, 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 you know, play it again, Ben. I just we haven't heard it in so long. I just less wanna... thinking equals talent take I love over. That I love the first that. part of being smart is knowing what to do. I mean, it is. He's right. The biggest. Well, the biggest part of it there is it. It's not even as much about. I mean, that offense is weird. Like it's yeah. the offense is really weird, but. There's always a question about whether, okay, are you limited because your personnel doesn't allow you to do certain things, or are, is, the, is the scheme limited because you're limited? Um, I, I think that the fact that there's just been so much stuff seeping out of that organization in terms of rumors and yeah. uh, bad blood and all that, that's where it just feels like he's lost control. Yep. All right, last one here. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines, was on a teleconference yesterday for Monday's national championship game, which will be played right here at NRG Stadium. Seth, I feel like I'm going back in time again uh, in seeing a team that's shrouded in a sign-stealing scandal defending itself. J.J. McCarthy said, I feel like it's so unfortunate talking about the the sign-stealing because, you know, there's probably, I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number, 80% of teams in college football steal signs. It's just a thing in college football. Been around for years. We actually had to adapt in 2020 or 2019 when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is, which is legal. We had, we, yeah. we had get up to, we had get up to the level that the, we had to get up to the level they were at and we had to make it an even playing field. End quote. It's tough. Just in general, like when, when, yeah, sign stealing is legal and it's going on, but then the thing that you make illegal, is so readily accessible. That's where uh, I think the just temptation is too great. The people who do do the cheating invariably always just claim that, well, everybody was doing it. Don't you know everybody was doing it? So obviously it's no big deal. It's usually somewhere in between. Like with the Astros, there are definitely other teams doing a lot of shady stuff, but I don't think it was every team. Right. I, I, you know, it just... It's just it's such an easy out. As long as you can find out about a couple teams that were doing it, it's it's uh, very easy to just cast that blanket over everybody. No, that's my favorite part where he goes, I don't want to say a crazy number, and then like five words later he says 80%. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best. I don't want to say a crazy number, but here's a crazy number, 80%. I just know it from like it's just, just in sports forever. Like Anybody who's on steroids is convinced on steroids is convinced everybody, everybody else yeah. is on steroids. For sure, yeah. for sure. Um, all right, Aaron Rodgers, we did not mix this into headlines because I wanted to dig into this a little. Pat McAfee, in the wake of Aaron Rodgers going after Jimmy Kimmel, we'll reset that in the next segment. McAfee had an apology. McAfee said one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard. Not <laughs> McAfee. Yeah, McAfee said a really oh, dumb thing yesterday. Man. Yep, he did, and you're going to hear it next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, 
and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. All right, so... Here was Aaron Rodgers a couple days ago on the, uh, I was about to say on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I don't think Rodgers is going to be showing up on the Jimmy Kimmel show anytime soon. Rodgers was making his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And they were talking about an innocent little topic, how the Super Bowl logos each year seem to map the colors of it, seem to wind up being the colors of the teams that play in the game. It's an innocent little topic. (laughs) And then A.J. Hawk decides to bring up the Jeffrey Epstein list, and Aaron Rodgers decides to bring up Jimmy Kimmel. Bring it up. Bring it up, Foxy or somebody back there. Seats on it. We have Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem. Put it on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. Does that have something to do with the Epstein list that came out? (laughs) <laughs> Feels like it's like supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine I, cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Ah, please. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, whenever Aaron brought up the the list, and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> You've been waiting for hey, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping popping some sort of bottle. Hey, you've been calling for it for a few years now. Okay. So, so, and Jimmy Kimmel responded on Twitter, threatened to sue Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it became I'm a big thing. I'm still confused about a lot from that clip. Um, because they they're describing multiple different things. So basically, what? How did it all start? Jimmy what, Kimmel, like, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show made a comment several months ago about like back in March about how the they're talking, people are talking about UFO. The government's talking about UFOs so that it distracts people from all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff going on. Oh, okay. He was okay. validating UFOs, and so Jimmy Kimmel played the clip and then made fun of it like he does during his monologue or during his show you know he makes yeah. fun of weird things that people say and Aaron Rodgers doesn't like being made fun of so that was his I guess his salvo back at Jimmy Kimmel um as long as the Epstein list gets brought yeah, up I feel there. like it, I guess that's that's taking it up a notch I yeah suppose. it's not it's a proportional thing, response I do yeah not yeah that's a non-proportional response or a disproportionate response I guess that's what it would be is because uh, I saw a couple of people yesterday I was curious about this because I try to keep as uh, much distance as possible for like with current events like as much an emotional distance as possible but people obviously get very worked up over it because I saw some of our listeners 
were saying, well, look, well, you know, Rogers just jabbing back at Jimmy Kimmel. From, from looking at it from afar, it feels like it feels like Aaron Rodgers like insinuating very, very strongly that Jimmy Kimmel was somehow part of like a pedophile sex ring. I feel like that steps outside the bounds of normal uh, jabbing at people. So yeah. I don't know though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't this. Know. I mean, if, we're, if we just boil it down, this is like someone going, "You're stupid." Yeah, you're a pedophile. Like, right. <laughs> like it's not you you're, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, well, that's literally what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not a proportional response. So, and I you know, and I learned too from the reaction yesterday, Seth, yeah. on the text page. Like Jimmy Kimmel's not very popular either with a lot of people. You know, like the. the yeah, there's a, I know, whenever I've mentioned Jimmy Kimmel, apparently there's like, I gotta start reading the paper again. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. No, honestly though, if it, if it's, if it involves like athletes in, in like actual current events or celebrities in current events, I almost like as a rule try to stay the hell away from it because yeah, that's when it, it's hard enough to find kind of just people talking about things without getting super worked up about it. Yeah. And then you add the element of, of like non actual current events figures in it and it gets all blown up. Well, and, 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 and look, and, and we're going to get to McAfee here in a second and his apology for what air quotes apology for what Aaron Rodgers said. Because yeah. the, the interesting thing about this, you're right. You can't ignore the story because it's one, it's an interesting story. Two, it's a relevant story. But anytime you bring up anybody who's brushed up against polarizing topics or politics, Everybody goes to that avenue on the text page yeah. and on Twitter and so forth. So yeah, I so I just ignore that part I, of it. All I it, know is I said something nice about Jimmy Kimmel once, like as a comedian, and like I got like, I wanted to kill me. Right. Like it's like started making all these political beliefs he assumed I must have. And right. I was, I was absolutely clueless about it. So yeah. so the but but it's a relevant topic because Jimmy Kimmel and Pat McAfee work for the same employer. You know, like yeah, that's the yeah. interesting part about this is work like for Disney. The Pat McAfee show is a very popular show, and Aaron Rodgers segments each week. As much as we poke fun at Aaron Rodgers, and as I mean, we play a lot of clips from it because a lot of relevant stuff comes from that. I suppose there's a chance that NBC or not NBC, but Disney and ABC and ESPN could shut down Aaron Rodgers going on there if Jimmy Kimmel made a big enough deal out of it. Aaron Rodgers has not responded to any, to my knowledge, any of the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, but. Pat McAfee did yesterday on his show. I can see exactly why Jimmy Kimmel felt the way he felt, especially with his position. But I think Aaron was just trying to talk. Now, did it go too far? Uh, and a lot of people, uh, Jimmy Kimmel certainly said that was the yeah. case. We and I immediately upon it happening, trying to be like, Ooh, you know, but that is Aaron and Jimmy. They've been uh, jousting a bit. I don't know, you know. <laughs> So, like, we obviously don't like the fact that we're associated with anything negative ever. We like our show to be an uplifting one, a happy one, a fun one. But it's because we talk and try to make light of everything. Mm -hmm. Some things, obviously, people get very pissed off about, especially when they're that serious allegations. So we apologize for being a part of it. Can't wait to hear what Aaron has to say about it. Hopefully those two will just be able to settle this. You know, yeah. not mm -hmm. court-wise, but be able to chit-chat, move along. Because remember, you're allowed to disagree with people's opinions. You're allowed to say, like, oh, I don't... You sound dumb. The more and more you talk, you sound dumber and dumber. And then you're allowed to just move on. Okay, McAfee does not That's do not he does not do controversy well. Like no, no, no. Well, that part of it's true. Like I do think you're right. I I do think that he generally wants it to be a pretty positive show. Except except that he does bring on Aaron Rodgers, who does want Thank to you. like. Aaron Rodgers wants to talk about very polarizing yeah. stuff that is inherently not fun because it's like a it's a serious topic if you actually take it seriously and. The the problem is because McAfee wants it to be fun, like he will not 
I'm not even saying he has, needs to push back, but there's times where like the only response is like Rogers will come out and say something. We're basically insinuating that Jimmy Kimmel was in tight with Epstein or something. And there's like the only pushback is whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's that that yeah, totally. Totally. Like, and it's a, like, at the very least, just be like, hey, Aaron, like, okay, like, do you think that's warranted or are you just messing around or yeah. what, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, then it, then it, then it quells some of the controversy down. But when you just leave it dangling out there like that, you know, like it's, yeah. so it was just real quick. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Real, real, real quick, that what you just said is what, that was the tease for me. Like, that was that whole, the, the notion that we don't want the show to be anything negative. We want it to be uplifting. You pay Aaron Rodgers a million dollars to come on your show. Like, what do you expect? Like, honestly, like, what do you, we just, nothing negative. We don't want to be anything negative. Like, you have Aaron Rodgers on your show every week. I think, no. J.J. Watt, I, I, I get. Would, I get J.J. Watt. The, okay, there's the thing. Okay. Like, it's interesting, the J.J. Watt part of it. Because I think that what McAfee said towards the beginning of that was the exactly right thing was Aaron Rodgers was trying to bust balls. Yeah. Or however, I don't think he said bust balls, but Aaron Rodgers is trying to bust balls. But I don't think he has the capacity for busting balls. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers gets insulted and there's no humor in it for him. Like, he's going to come back nuclear. He he's, goes nuclear he's immediately. Skinned. Yeah. He's Where I think JJ, like, JJ's kind of been through a transformation from when he was young. And he talked about it yesterday yeah. on McAfee or this week on McAfee about how when he was younger and he just, you know, wasn't as self aware, he probably, he was overexposed in a lot of ways, you know. And over time, he learned to have a sense of humor about himself and about that in general. And he learned to, like, not necessarily put himself out there as much. I don't, like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been through that transformation. That ain't Aaron, like, dude. Aaron Rodgers. Is still <laughs> that ain't just, Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if Aaron should do, I, I feel like he's got enough money now that, um, when stuff like that happens, he should just, like, have a really funny person on staff. They'd be like, hey, listen, or just a friend. You know, I'd be like, hey, what's that? How should I, how should I, how should I fire back at Jimmy Kimmel in a way that doesn't make me sound like I'm accusing him that's of being actually, a Actually, yeah, just like a humor yeah. consultant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad idea. I feel like, like Brady's Instagram is really, really funny sometimes. Yeah. And I, like, I don't. Maybe he's that way. Some people are way funnier on social media than they are in real life. But I just I don't get the sense that he would have come up with some of the stuff he does. It's really good stuff sometimes. It's really funny, and I feel like he there's probably a good chance he's got somebody helping him out with it. Yep. Um. So um. So that was McAfee's uh, I guess apology yesterday, or at least clarification on it. So you think Disney told him that he should say something to try to smooth things um, over? Or ESPN said yeah, something. That's a good question. Do, did did uh, did Disney? I'm sure Kimmel went to the powers that be. At Disney with yeah. this, like, hey, what are we doing here? This guy's implying that I'm on the Jeffrey Epstein list. I don't know. He might not have. He might have thought, like, okay, I'll take care of business myself. I I'll, I would bet, you know, it's a good question. I, I would bet that, yes, yeah, somebody said something. Somebody had to say something to McAfee, I right? I wonder, though, too, with McAfee. Like, McAfee's really, he's super savvy about business. Mm-hmm. And it's this wouldn't be the first time. If he were to lose, if he were to have to cut ties with ESPN, it wouldn't be the first time he's worked with a media company and gotten a lot of notoriety and publicity out of it, but then ultimately said, like, hey, I got to go do my own thing. Because he did it with Barstool. And it, they didn't leave on bad terms or anything, but it was just kind of like, you know what? I think Barstool helped him get to a certain level, and then it was time for him to go off on his own. And when he signed with ESPN, one of the big points he made was that, you know, 
now we're on we're on all these TVs in all of the yeah, in airports, doctors' offices, gyms, even people who don't watch TV anymore. When they do see TV, they're seeing ESPN because yeah. it's everywhere. It's omnipresent. Like there might have been a part of him that's just like, you know what? I'm gonna ride this until it doesn't work out anymore, and then I'm gonna go back to my incredibly successful YouTube channel, which he still runs live and, and will still be his if he ever parts ties with ESPN. His show was on CBS Sports Radio for like six months back in 2020. Yeah. Like he, yeah. you're right. He does. He, he, he is, he is a bit of a, a you know, like a, a, I guess, outlet hopper. Opportunist. Out, outlet He's opportunist. He's a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and good for him. Like it's, it's clearly working out for him very, very well. He's yeah. a very savvy is a good word for it. He's a very savvy business person. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, one more from the McAfee show in the next segment. J.J. Watt was on yesterday. Um, he talked about David Tepper. It was a pretty funny quote. I tend to agree with J.J. Watt on his assessment of the Carolina owner. But my question is this. With Daniel Snyder now gone, is David Tepper the clear-cut worst owner in the NFL? Who's even in that conversation? We'll have that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. <laughs> That's a funny text. <laughs> texter says, <laughs> texter says that um, that uh, Pendergast trying to give McAfee advice is dumber than anything ever said on the McAfee show. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. Let me give let me give you some advice, youngster. Let me give you some about advice. How to make it in this dude with a hundred twenty million dollar contract from FanDuel. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair point. There are people, there are people that I can give advice to, and it's not stupid. But McAfee is is he doesn't need my advice. You're right. About you were giving advice. You were pointing out the hypocrisy. Yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. Of him saying that he doesn't want any negativity, but I I feel like that part of it is true. That's the that's the hypocrisy he has to struggle with within his soul. The deeply reflective Pat McAfee. Well, he's I mean like this is. I don't want to go too deep on McAfee again, although we're about to play a cut from his show again. We're going to do nothing but McAfee. I know, I know. But he's, you know, like, he's probably going to start to have some of those, uh, you know, oh, I'm, that's right, I'm not working for myself any for, anymore moments, you know? I, I oh, imagine. yeah, yeah. He, uh, he sold his, I don't want to say he sold his soul, but it's a, yeah, he signed on with a big company after he had complete autonomy and he could kind of have that outsider. People look at him as the outsider, yeah. and when you are the outsider, um, people make a lot of excuses for you. Now, all of a sudden, he's working for the man. Uh, he's the establishment, and yep. it's going to be the opposite. That part, yeah, that part might start to weigh on him. That's why I don't think I don't think he ever intended. Maybe he did, but I don't. I'm guessing he figured it might end up just being a, a couple or few years with ESPN, maybe. and then back on his maybe. own. Maybe, and he's know. doing college game day and stuff like that. So there's yeah. other things he's doing for them. Um, 
All right, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a uh, on a Thursday. We're going to get back to the Texans and the Colts at the top of the hour. The magnitude of what a win would mean to the franchise at the top of the hour. Here was J.J. Watt yesterday on the McAfee Show <laughs> talking about uh, – <laughs> You're gonna put that, Sean. You're gonna put that show over. I'll tell you, these guys are gonna make it if you keep. They, giving I, I think the, they've got a shot. Attention. I think yeah. they've got a shot. That's why I keep playing their audio. I think I, I see something in that show. Um, this is JJ Watt on uh, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, who of course just got fined three hundred thousand dollars for tossing a drink on a Jaguars fan. Fascinating situation. Fascinating it situation. Because on one hand, as a pure fan of the sport, fan of entertainment, fan of the fact that this is all an entertainment business, wildly entertaining. I mean, that is yeah. it's dramatic. It's entertaining. Guys showing some passion, showing some fire, showing some energy. I like that. Um, so he got fined. He got he got fined. Uh, I think it was the equivalent of about 35 cents for anybody else. But mm-hmm. I mean, just because he's worth 20 billion, what? So you want to find him a billion dollars? Like, can't do that because in the NFL, you got to go to a percentage-based fine system on players and if i got a rough in the passer penalty that would would really hurt uh so i don't want that but uh i would like to point out the i should have let nfl stadium security handle any issues that arose that is him saying somebody said some crazy to me i responded appropriately so i want to know what the hell that person said that's that's the appropriate angle jj good job JJ's, uh, you know who's going to make it? You know who's going to make yeah. it in this business? He's going to be all right. JJ Watt. Yeah. Yep. He'll be able to pay off those school loans. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So they, you and I talked about this after the show because I'm like, man, on the show, I said, I'll tell you, it seems like it should be a crime, either assault or what, battery, whatever, throwing a drink at somebody. And I thought, like, ah, am I being soft here? And then I remember, like, I, I remember, I remember from like learning about this, the old fighting words doctrine. That if you basically, if you, if you say something that's intentionally, like you're trying to incite violence, then depending on what state you're in, that's a crime in and of itself. Um, and I feel like throwing a drink at somebody, them's fighting words. Now, I guess the question would be, okay, did the guy, if the guy, if the Jaguars fan actually said the fighting words first, did Dave Tepper, cause I don't, I'm curious when the lawsuit's going to come out. You're going to tell me, if the, if the NFL fined him $300,000, you're going to tell me that some Jacksonville fan isn't thinking a billionaire just did something that the NFL thought was <laughs> least, fine-worthy. At least, I, like, the, yeah. at least the dry-cleaning bill and pain and yeah. suffering, right? So I'm thinking the fighting words might come in why they're either because the Jackson Tepper might say, like, nope, them's fighting words because the guy insulted his mother or something. Yeah. Um, or, or the guy from Jacksonville might say, "Hey, that guy directed fighting words at me. That's a crime. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do the." Basically, kids, if you say something that a reasonable person would say, "Oh yeah, that that could totally cause somebody to want to punch you in." Like that could totally cause somebody to punch you in the face. Them's fighting words. Yep, those are fighting words. Is David Tepper the clear-cut worst owner in the NFL right now? Oh, clear-cut. It's hard to say. I think he's the most outwardly. In abrasively worst owner, it's hard to. I mean, that's what's so funny and interesting about the NFL because ultimately, it's uh, it's not communism. It basically, like, use your imagination. It's like every nobody's going to fail. Everybody's in it together. You pool the money it's all a boys together. Boys club, it, yeah. Even if you're the worst yeah. owner in the league, you're still going to make money, and you're rewarded for being bad. That's a really. That's where it goes. It's it's not communism. It's actually way weirder and worse um, because you're rewarded for being bad. So you end up with this infusion of talent when your team is bad. I think that he's the most. I would say he's the worst owner 
There's plenty of incompetent owners, but he's both incompetent and actively damages his fan base That's in the, the league. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like yeah. to me, to me, the the like the cover charge to getting into the worst owner conversation is: are you are you meddling? Like is are the decisions you're making and your intrusiveness impacting the quality of your organization? And the answer is the answer for Tepper is a gigantic yes. Like he's the one that keeps driving all these impulsive decisions to, by God, I have to go get a quarterback. Um, and, and then they like to me, like the throwing the drink and stuff like that. That's just sort of like sprinkling some more embarrassment on it. But I like the way Tepper's handled this organization the first three or four years of his ownership. To me, like if I'm if I'm a Carolina fan, I feel totally helpless. And I guess that's where that's where I, my criteria for worst owner in the NFL would be would be coming from a fan's perspective. How helpless do I feel? that this guy's owning the football team. Because I don't just feel like it's something as simple with Tepper, like, well, if he finds the right coach and they get the right quarterback, then all is going to be clear, and here we go. I mean, it's like he's he is uh, damaging is the word you used. He's a damaging owner. I, I was trying to think of who the other ones are that are even in the conversation. And tell you tell me if you think from afar. Mark Davis. Yeah, yeah. like tell, tell me if you think these are, if you perceive these owners to be bad. I'll rapid fire them at you. The Haslam's in Cleveland. Are they bad owners? Again, um, it depends on what your criteria are. They're about to, you know, they're they're making the playoffs for, before when they have the the previous owners. Are. But I would say, yeah, bad owners. Yeah, yeah, I bad think, owners. I, Meddling. I think, they meddle. Yeah. They meddle and they they meddle and then they also ignore the advice of the people with whom they're meddling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think, I, I mean, I, you can win games and still be kind of a bad owner. I think. Yeah. Uh, is Jim Irsay a bad owner? Yes. Yeah, I think Jim Irsay is a bad owner too. Um, is Amy Adams Strunk a bad owner? Just got a brand new stadium. Yep. Team, Team has, has not been largely competitive. I would say, honestly, the biggest thing about them that's a little bit weird was them firing their GM. And, uh, but I'm, I think a lot of that was just normal in-house drama type stuff. I would yep. say, no, not a bad owner. I'm, I'm setting aside my personal feelings. Not a bad owner. Is Shot Khan a bad owner? Uh, who? No. Oh. I think I think Shad Khan is trying real hard to do things the right way, and he's poured a boatload of money into that organization. Um, and actually, I think might have been one of the few guys that would have that kept the organization from leaving cities. So no, I'd say no. I think he's just. I think he's made some. He's made some bad decisions that he's recovered from, and vice versa. As owners, I see Shad Khan and Cal McNair as being very similar, in that I think they just want to hire the right people and let them go to work and spend a ton of money on the team. You know, and like- sometimes, though, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the tough part, is they do want to hire the right people and let them go to work. The danger in that is that, like, okay, without oversight, it keeps you from being meddling, but then also the things can go bad. Yeah, when you want to give them money and resources, too, it's, you're, you're pouring kerosene on the fire sometimes if you hire the wrong person. Ultimately, hopefully, and inevitably, or at some point, you hire the right guy, and uh, it's a good kind of fire. The NFL is an agalopoly, by the way. Oh, that's what it's called? A what? It's a state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small number of producers or sellers. Oligopoly? Yeah. I know that was right on the tip of your tongue. (laughs) I've never heard that word before. Yeah. I've never been part of one. Um, Thank you, listeners. Text message. Seth, I think this goes back to the previous segment where we said maybe Aaron Rodgers needs a humor consultant. Seth, mm-hmm. I think back to your Peloton tweet that made national news, and I wondered, does Seth have a humor consultant? That One was... Twitter user wrote, quote, Okay, well, hang have... on, hang on. we got to set it up. This is like three years ago. This was yeah, there funny was a, as hell, There was though. a Peloton ad that caused a lot of controversy because uh, it basically – 
Basically, it looked like a woman bought this Peloton just desperate, desperate, desperate for her husband's approval. And she was like incredible. She looked terrified the entire she was like doe-eyed eyes as wide as bryce young's yes. just terrified the entire time um and a lot of people had had an issue with it uh because it just it was just flat out i could see why i thought it, it people thought it was disturbing i could see why i didn't quite get that but i understand I depending the on husband, your perspective. i thought the husband bought it for her as a gift or something it like did that. yeah that was the other part of it was like yeah. he bought it for her for a gift and <laughs> yeah. it, she looked so that's exactly she bought it he bought it for her as a gift, and she just looked so desperate to please him, yeah. but nervous and scared. So, and yeah. so imagine you're going to hear Seth tweeted a hilarious tweet about this, Yeah, but the, the AP or somebody picked it up and read it as if Seth were serious. One Twitter user wrote, quote, I'd ask that woman in the Peloton commercial to blink twice if she needs help, but her husband already Botoxed her eyelids for her birthday. <laughs> That's, That's funnier good. now. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what the punchline was. Uh, I just remember that there was something about me and Peloton, and it was yeah, it was printed in a, it was printed in an article as like alongside all of these other very serious criticisms of the dynamics of the relationship dynamics and misogyny and stuff, and then there's that. It was Reuters. Thank you, Ben. It was Reuters. Reuters picked it up. I thought it was the AP. Reuters picked it up. It was so funny. That was a, yeah. That, <laughs> one Twitter that was user. The article. We did, that was the article, and then I did voice the text to, uh, or I did. Uh, had Siri read it, uh, read oh, the article so we could make it funnier. God, yeah. that was great. That was great. <laughs> one Twitter user said. Oh, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Thursday here. Uh, tomorrow's a football Friday, and then we've got Saturday football. Last practice today for the Texans, and then they head to Indy tomorrow for biggest game of the year for sure, obviously. How big, where would this win stack up? If they go get this win on Saturday, where would this win stack up in franchise history? Some are arguing it might be the biggest win in franchise history. Some say got to be a playoff game. We'll discuss that next. Hey, when you guys want the definition of oligopoly, what is it, Sean? Oligopoly. Oligopoly. <laughs> That's you come to me, the guy you can totally sometimes It's a word that I've it. used several times <laughs> since time. I learned it 30 seconds ago. Yes, 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 yes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.